This episode of All Things Business, the podcast, is brought to you by our digital media partner, DFA Law. DFA Law, providers of expert and dedicated legal advice to businesses and families since 1838. DFA Law, the law firm for life. Fraser. Ben. You well? Yeah. You? Yes, very well. Excited. Yeah. Two uh, two special guests today. Two special guests. Four of us. Yeah, I know. From the city of MK, joined by, um, I'd say, two people that I've become close with friends over the last 18 months, two years. Um, knowledgeable chaps that I wanted to get involved um, today. So um, I won't take the shine off you. Ranjit, if you could just introduce yourself to our audience. That'd be great. Thank you, Fraser. Yeah, my name's Ranjit. I am the co-founder of Milton Keynes Ethnic Business Community. Uh, it was set up about four years ago to support ethnic minority business leaders to try and get you know their their voices raised and platform raised and a bit of visibility and try and integrate um, those leaders into the wider business community in Milton Keynes. Beautiful. You got another hat as well that we should talk about as well. You got many hats, but yeah. Also with the Milton Keynes. I do need hats. <laughs> my bonnet, yeah. Yeah, not in this weather. You'll be yeah. all right. In uh, the yeah. summer, you'll need it. Yeah. So um, my day job actually is uh, I'm a philanthropy director at Milton Keynes Community Foundation. Uh, it's a place-based grant funder, so we provide uh, financial support and advice to lots of charities in Milton Keynes, uh, and we distribute about two million pounds worth of support to. Um, the charity sector in Milton Keynes. Yeah, amazing. And Gamil? I'm Gamil Yafai. I'm also a co-founder of Milton Keynes Ethnic Business Community, and I'm also founder and CEO of Diversity Marketplace, which is a global diversity and inclusion consultancy. We have a team of diversity strategists, analysts, researchers, auditors, trainers, facilitators, and we work all over the world with clients from you know one-man bands right up to the likes of Santander, Victoria and Albert Museum and many many others. Amazing so Ben I'll let you kick off with well where I, we're gonna I, go. I'm really looking forward to this because for me um, every day is a school day. I learn something new every week mm. and, and that's what I love about my job. I also make mistakes and that's about accountability and you know raising your hand but Inclusivity and diversity, inclusion within the workplace is, I sometimes think it's like the elephant in the room a little bit. And it's at the stage now where I feel we, and this is why Fraser's reached out to you two gents, because you, you're, you're, you're seen as experts in this field. But I feel that there's a lot of um, education that business owners need and can learn from, but maybe not, not everyone wants to put their hand up. And I've had a couple of examples in recent times where we as a business have, it's made me question a couple of things as us as a business. First of all, I think that there's this misconception that it's all about race and it's not. It's about, well, you, you, you guys would tell me, the, I think there's five race. Nine protected nine characteristics. Nine, got, yeah. sorry, what are the nine? Well, there you go. There's a test. I, yeah. thought, I thought there was five. Yeah. All right, okay. So go on, go on. Race, yeah. disability, sexual orientation, religion and belief, gender. Then you've got um, paternity and maternity, which some people will class into gender, yeah. but it's still a protected characteristic. Yeah. You've got, um, let's see, transitioning. Then you've got brain dead. Well, you've got oh, this Paternity seven and maternity, yeah. So... And, and I think uh, one example yeah. Of, yeah. of this is, uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but Avon, you know, big employer in Northamptonshire, internationally recognised brand. Um, we, we were a preferred supplier list. Well, we're on their preferred supplier list, but they are, you have to say, the number of directors, shareholders and employees, what the ratio is, BAME and LGBTQ+. And, the, and I'm, I'm, you know, running a business is hard enough as in its own. And I'd, I, I don't... I don't know if we're going to be scored against our diversity as a business, or whether that would go against us or for us, depending on the sexuality of our staff. One, surely there's a HR issue there, because I, does it really matter what their sexuality mm. is? Because I want the best people to come and work here. Mm. I don't really care what their sexuality is. But then it makes me feel guilty that we've got 28 people here in the business. Everybody's white. Mm, yeah. and I'd never I'd never thought of it like that before and then I'm like actually what 
are we doing something wrong? Would people look at us? Because with all things business, we do. We have had a, a number of times people have written in or emailed in and said, you haven't got enough diversity in the, in the publication. Mm. Can I just... Yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. Take that. And it's really interesting. To me, include, there are so many different definitions of, of inclusion. And again, I've been doing this for this my 24th year of being a strategist. And I know, and again, I know that much about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is like three inches, you know, but it's probably six inches more than other people, but there's like a hundred inches of knowledge to learn. So I know minimum, the key is surround yourself with good people and surround yeah. yourself with the experts, yeah. you know, the people with the challenges. And you talk about having a, a diverse, you know, when we talk about diversity, diversity is everybody. We all have a minimum of five protected or five five diversity strands let's just focus on five strands we all have an age we all have a a, a gender we all have a religion a belief or no religion we all have a sexual orientation we all have a race so that's every single individual in your organization and that's a minimum some other people have a sexual orientation and, and again some people might be transitioning but also some people will be carers sorry sexual orientation yeah, and that's, that's LGBTQ okay, okay, plus yeah, all right, I. Because yeah. okay. yeah. that's the other thing, terminology. Yeah. So important. Oh, yeah, yeah, because so uh, it's yeah. about the understanding. Like, yeah. It's almost like I feel there needs to be like a vocabulary. Mm. That sort of there is. There, oh, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of different, um, you know, I would say, yeah, just lists of, of, uh, of things to do's and don'ts. And I'll share mm. something with you later. It's called Diversity Online, but... You know, we've got all of the different categories of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Plus, we've got the um, the glossary of terms yeah. and do's and don'ts. So yeah. I will share that with you. Yeah, and, but just coming back yeah. to your point, um, Ben, about um, when you when you're asked to uh, report to your you know uh, to your supply chain in terms of what your diversity looks like. But I think from my perspective, when I talk to businesses about you know, being, um, it's all about relatability. Mm. So if you've got a, a workforce that is diverse and represents the your customer base or your community, your, your bottom line is going to be much healthier because you can actually produce goods or services that are relevant to those communities and to those, to, to your customers. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, and also, I've, a lot of this has come from, I, I, I think, I think just over this last, probably since the pandemic about, people realizing that or me having a better understanding that that works a safe place for people and as an employer if you've got a happy employee that like there's a saying happy uh, wife happy life yeah for for all those husbands out there but it, the same rule applies with an employee if you've got a happy employee how much more productive are they going to be yeah. but i think maybe some employers and i think maybe i was probably one of them um up until more recently you you don't necessarily it's not that you don't care but you don't necessarily appreciate oh what what's what's happened in her life or what what's happened with him or, he seems a little bit down and I'm a big advocate for mental health mm, yeah which is actually that that isn't uh, should that be one of the char protected uh, characteristics what mental health yeah. mental health is covered it under is. disability okay. but under the, the disability there, under disability See, I, but I, it's covered that doesn't sound right yeah, to me but it, that's just what it is legally it, you know mental health one of the things about mental health is the fact that you know people's well-being within the workplace is partially determined about by how they're treated in the workplace. Yeah. And if we come to our or my definition of inclusion, inclusion just means the absence of fear and judgment. The absence like of fear and judgment. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and that's that, what we that's want. The, um, that's the headline, Arthur, for this episode. <laughs> yeah, Make like a note that. of that. I like that, down, Arthur. I, I like that. That's quite powerful, actually. Well, we, came, myself and a colleague, we came up with that yesterday morning. <laughs> Literally, quick trademark. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> get, on, get on that quick. You <laughs> but, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the thing is, everybody wants to feel safe. Yeah, and and regardless of their you know, their nationality, their disability, their sexual orientation. And what we find with a lot of the training that we do, yeah, we'll have individuals, particularly white males, that feel that, that diversity isn't for them because 
we talk about disability, we talk about sexual orientation, we talk about all of the other strands, but we never talk about white males. Yeah. Well, we, we did a podcast with Eamon Holmes, the yeah. host of the mm-hmm. MKAs. Mm. Lovely guy. You guys yeah. were there on, yeah. on the night. So you, you saw he, how, how good he was. And um, I felt really sorry for him because I asked him a question and it was, what's your biggest challenge? And he said, I'm the wrong age of 50. I'm, I've, I'm, I, he's got mobility issues, which you obviously saw, mm-hmm. and I'm white. Mm-hmm. And he went, and those are the three things that are going to go against me so in the sad. last 10 years of my career. So and and, it, and it, yeah, it is very sad. And um, I mean, subsequently, I saw a, re- a report online. He did an interview with somebody, and I, and I think he's he's selling the, the big family home now. Um, and it, and it is sad because he's all of a sudden he's gone from I suppose being An in the icon, ma- yeah, <laughs> yeah, and in yeah, in correct, the yeah. majority, is that right? Yeah, and now he's he feels like he's in the mon- minority, yeah. and there's this, um, yeah, it's this. And I think we've got responsibility in that in terms of how do we, like the inclusion piece includes people like Eamon and what do we do, all of us, you know, whatever background you have got to make sure that we've got an equal footing for everyone. You know, and I think it's really important that nobody feels excluded, just like what you, what you just said about feeling safe. And you know, that, that word fear yeah. was it, it's so powerful on there because... As a white male, I have frustration with it and I also have the fear of it mm. that I'm 40 years old and the terminology that I have used in the past is different to what I can use now. And if I address somebody or um, um, give it a definition of who that person is that I can't remember their name, I, the fear of trying to describe mm. that person mm. is it, it, phenomenal. We so need that, that, simple solutions. And, and again, yeah. you see... From my perspective, diversity and inclusion is about getting all the simple things right. It's yeah. not about, you know, yes, it's about changing our policies, our practices, absolutely. procedures. Yeah, absolutely. But more than anything else, it's about behavior yeah. and just recognizing. And it doesn't matter who you are as an individual, you know, what color you are, etc. Your kids are going to determine so mm. much of our future. Mm. Well, kids. I was going to say, like, do, do you feel I'm a... I'm a big advocate as well for education as you, as you all know but i'm i'm not do you feel there's enough being done in education because this is a generation thing that we're in now yep. we're, yeah. we're on the cusp of it yeah. mm-hmm. you know 10 years ago there wasn't um some of the the um scenarios that we have now around sexual orientation mm-hmm. and, and around re- re- i gender, mean gender identity which is one is, of the biggest mm-hmm. ones you yeah know how people want, how kids particularly want to be identified. Mm. So not I, identified. I, so here I've got, so this is yeah. a, so my daughter was at a school in Wellingborough and to be fair, they, they didn't know how to handle this, but they had a child who's eight who then wanted to identify as a boy. Or no, boy, yeah, sorry, yeah. And we found out from around the dinner table and I had a big issue with that because I didn't want to be having that conversation with a seven-year-old. Mm. I think the school, in hindsight, I, I actually felt sorry for them because when I spoke to them, they didn't know how to handle it and there was nothing out there. And I don't know if it's because it's now it's more open or if it's, dare I say, a bit of a trend, but I, but now more than ever before, we're, 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 we're seeing young people want to change gender. Mm. We're having conversations that we've never had before. Yeah, and, yeah. and the we, conversations are, we, are healthy and I'm, I'm mm, fine with that. I, yeah. I, I think... I think there needs to be, and the government need, and I don't even know what the law is on this, but the government need to lead with this in terms of bringing in... They're trying, and the government are trying, but we've got to be respectful of the needs of our kids. Yeah, yeah but if not, what, you know, a, but, but a, a again, kid as young as eight, eight saying that no, they should, like, yeah. uh, uh, what, saying, what's the threshold I'm not then? saying that, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. that young. I'm saying that there needs to be a certain age at yeah. which we have the... Well, they're already happening, and they're happening from, you know... Eight of five oh no, onwards, oh no. and the thing is, it's very difficult for any if teachers, parents, to control what's happening within the class. You know, not within the classroom, but outside of the classroom. The well, classroom was a lot smaller <laughs> 20, 30 years ago yeah. I, with with children. But Kirby, also, what, 20, 20 <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I spoke 40, to marbles 40. about somebody the other yeah. day, and they'd never played marbles Conquers. on a drain. Yeah, yeah, I know it was amazing. I, mean, I, I think when it comes to schools, I think it's really important, um, and I'm a 
massive advocate for role modeling. Yeah. Um, if you just look at Milton Keynes, for example, 53% of school children are from ethnic minority backgrounds. Yeah. Um, ethnically diverse backgrounds, should I say. And, um, you know, the, what we have to have is good role models in those schools. Yeah. And what we're finding, and I, I speak to lots of aspiring um, school teachers who are aspiring to be leaders. Um, and I think less than 3%, I think, of school leadership are from ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. So if the, um, and we always hear the term, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, so if you've got 53%, and some schools in Milton are about 70, 80% ethnicity. 86%. Yeah, 86%. Percent, yeah. So really? if, and if mm. they're not, if that's not being reflected in the leadership or the people that are teaching them and they don't understand what their needs are, so, I think that makes it a, a bit of a difficulty for, for our young people and how they move through the education system. So help, help me here. And, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I don't want this to cause offence in the question I'm going to ask. Mm. But if you're in that school and you're on that leadership board and you 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 go right, we need to recruit five new teachers for the new academic year. Yeah. Are you specifically looking for non-white teachers to come into those roles? No. Like, can you no. understand where I'm coming yeah, from no, with I that? Can. To help, yeah. to help buck that trend. Mm. It's not about. It should always be about having the best person for the job. Yeah. That is it. That's mm -hmm. you know top line. The challenge that schools have is sometimes they only recruit in certain places. So they're, they're only accessing a small pool yeah, of talent. Okay. Yeah. And it's more about how do they widen you know, that search to create that much bigger pool of talent so that they can you know, tap into the difference that exists out there. Okay, well, great answer. And, and that's, that's what I thought the answer would be. On the flip side, I was yeah. with a headhunting agency couple of months ago having a similar uh, having a conversation and they had to recruit an IT director and ba basically th there was two candidates one was a mid-30s I just love how Camille's smiling at every scenario that <laughs> well, comes yeah, up yeah but, the, yeah, but this, is, this is what's happening this is know, real life I know, yeah I know. and but this is I'm this is gonna sound I, I can't fluff this up any more no, than I am one was a, a lady uh who was black mid-30s yeah up against a guy who was white, late 40s, more mm -hmm. experienced, on paper, <laughs> you could probably argue that he might be worth 10 or 15 grand a year more. The headhunting agency in question placed the, the lady 120 grand and, and they got a 20% increase because it, it was a 100 grand a year package mm. and they got a 20% increase. Mm. And and that, and, but I, I, th I think a lot of that goes on. It, it does and, and, and I that, experience and it. And I think that's... Yeah. But honestly, what tends to happen, and we're starting to see this now, particularly with heads of diversity roles, you know, over the last since Black Lives Matters, what's been happening is a lot of heads of diversity and diversity managers have been recruited based on lived experience. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Rather than having 100% of the skills and knowledge needed. Um, and what we've started to see over the last couple of years is employers getting rid of more and more heads of diversity because of competence and confidence. Yeah. You know, and, and that's going to happen. <sighs> if you put somebody into a role that is not the best person for the job, the likelihood is they will either leave because they're not able to do what they thought they were going to do, yeah. or they'll get sacked. And... But surely, the but surely the challenge is then is getting those people that might not have the competency. How do you get them to become competent? Are employers doing the things or training them or developing people no. to get to that forty-year-old, you know, yeah. level? Um, I can you know. give you. I can give you examples. I mean, we've been running a program for the civil service for ten years, and it's an accelerator program, and it's all about moving individuals who haven't, you know, who are competent haven't had the confidence in themselves and again it doesn't matter what characteristic you you belong to or what diversity strand it applies to so many people because of you know introverts versus extroverts you know autism dyspraxia adhd mm. dyslexia and, yeah. and education <laughs> and just on that so social I mean, mobility yeah a lot of what we've already discussed has yeah. been around um what you see what you see you know the mm. color of people's yeah. skin mm. you know when you look at autism people that are on the spectrum that you can't see those they're they're sort of hidden to yeah. a certain degree i feel i was at a um a, a send recruitment mm. seminar last week 
And I came away from it, I'm not going to say less educated than what I was, because we're, we're deeply ingrained in the education and we work with some yeah. amazing people in that sector. But an example of there's, there's thousands in the, of people in Northamptonshire that, that suffer with a disability, that need that opportunity. 20% of your population here will yeah. be neurodivergent. Yeah. Mm. And there's a different, and you know, in this terminology, everybody is neurodiverse. But individuals who are autistic, dyspraxic, dyslexic... Uh, Look, how many of them know that they are? Not, not that many. And girls less than boys. Yeah. And, and this is about, let's say, this is about leadership. It's about making sure that we have some basic knowledge. Yeah. I know, you know, I, I've gone into firms and I've done assessments around levers. I can guarantee that 50% of some of the levers in some organisations have been got rid of or have left through frustration because they haven't been given the right level of support or reasonable adjustments for them to be able to maximize on their potential in that workplace. And that's happening loads. Employers need to have that minimum level to understand that if somebody keeps making written mistakes, yeah. you know, that it's not, you know, that's not an education thing. That's, Attention that's to detail, laziness. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's a, genera a generational thing and an educational point. And not not when does this end, but when do we get to a point that we've, we've made a difference? Yeah. Because at the moment, there's a lack of understanding, a lack of awareness, the increase of using the Milton Keynes um, children to teachers scenario, that are we... 20 years away from that yeah. difference happening but will the gap yeah, con point. continue to change and with the comes back to the point around everything that you're <clears throat> doing does that need to almost happen at primary school level mm. do we then, start younger? then we benefit from it yeah. Later. In, in 20 years yeah. time yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's about multiple approaches yeah it's not just about one one thing it's about yes our kids our teachers firstly need to understand how to support the kids better and, you know, employers need to understand. I guarantee you that even in this organization, you may think that you know everybody. Yeah. You will know so little about so many people that you work with. Yeah, even people that you've worked with for 10 or 15 years. Not that. because they're fearful, but because they're not quite sure how much of themselves to, to talk about. And, and, you know, and we talk about cloaking, we talk about... What's cloaking? Know, clo sorry, cloaking is where somebody has a disability or different sexual orientation, or even a Muslim that will not talk about, will not express who they are, won't talk about being a Muslim, won't talk about their autism, dyspraxia, or ADHD, well, they... through fear mm. of judgment. Yeah, judgment and, and exclusion. And that happens all of the time yeah, in so see, many different make... workplaces. And this is the thing. Yeah. Inclusion isn't just about so ethnicity. An, an easy one there is for the employer or employers to be very open in, with internal comms in terms of it's fine to be your... Absolutely. Wh whatever you want to yeah. be. I think it's all about workplace culture. You know, if your workplace culture... Or if you, if you haven't got a workplace culture, no one's going to come forward because they don't feel psychologically safe to yeah. do so. So give us an example of what a, a business could do. Someone's okay. listening to this. Simple. Yeah, and again, yeah. the simplest thing. Every, you know, all of your, you know, your managers, yourselves, you would have had, you've had your own life experiences. You may have had, you know, most of us will experience mental health, but we'll never talk about it. We need to be talking about our vulnerabilities. Most of you will have either... Um, kids or relatives with disabilities do you ever talk about them you know and it's about making things open but also it's about you know on your websites on in your your meetings you know your daily meetings on your intranet it's about making things visible that's where we're you know that's so the I think biggest challenge i think it starts got. with leaders showing their vulnerability absolutely if a leader of an organization is showing their vulnerability it opens up yeah. The, your staff then to do the same thing because if your leader's got this, you know, uh, is, is giving a perception of I'm perfect, I'm invincible, I've got there's nothing wrong with me. What do you? How do you think we do on that? I know, I know it's different because you you're you've got a very senior role here, but what do you do? You think we do a good job at that or not? It's hard. I I we have a member of the team that is a trans woman mm -hmm. that has transitioned. 
and that was um, something I've never experienced in my life. Um, and I'm doing my utmost, but I go back to the fear. I'm scared of saying... Yeah, but you're scared of upsetting us. I, I'm scared of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. But I'm taken away from today that there isn't a wrong thing that I could be said because, not well yeah. I'm sure but there is for me it's about but. intention so when so for example from when someone asks if someone asks me my name you know or they're asking about me I I will always understand the motivation behind the question yeah you always know whether someone's doing it because they're being derogatory or whether they really uh, want to find out yeah okay right yeah. so you can always work that out and if someone's being derogatory you can put them you can put a stop to it stop. But if you know someone genuinely wants to find out about you and they ask you the wrong thing I will never be insulted by that or be offended by well, it how would they be derogatory like what so, so this this thing with the royal family last year or year before was it? Yeah, where they say, "Where are you from? Where are you really from?" Uh, yeah. uh, that sort of thing would uh, be derogatory in my view. But yeah, if someone yeah, said to yeah, me, yeah, yeah. "What's yeah. your ethnic background?" I'd be more than happy to say where okay. I'm from and yeah. what, what my. And that brings us back is. to terminology. Yeah. But also, it's about yeah. it's not just about intention. If people keep asking you and asking you, and you you get fed up of that, mm. and we talk about. You know, micro inequalities or microaggressions. Yeah. And these are what we call small cuts. They're, yeah, if you say it once, okay, I can, that's fine. But if everybody in the organization sort of keeps asking me, one, where am I from? Two, is that a wig you're wearing? You know, and again, a lot of black women get that. Yeah. So, oh, oh gosh, so often in the workplace, you know, because. See, part a, of me thinks I'm a bit naive to this. The, I'd, I'd, I would, I'd never ask a, a lady. Is that a wig you're wearing? Mm. I just it wouldn't be in my I wouldn't yeah, do ask anyone that. Let alone but, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, then, yeah, this, this it's an educational side. Uh, back to the question on how we deal yeah. with it. We've I, I think our culture has gone through a change. I think we've 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 matured as a business and we've we've um we've had to change. Our culture has. Well, when our colleague came to us last year and said that he would be transitioning to a lady, I I didn't. I'd, I'd, I'll be honest. I'd, I'd, I'd struggled to, and and I'd, and and it made me really look at us as a business in terms of where we want to go because we want to grow. We need to have more people, etc. And um, but because I knew this individual before the individual transitioned, mm. and then I got to understand why they're transitioning. One hundred percent, I am going to do everything I can to support that person. Mm. But if I'm be really honest. If we were, if we, if I was in, if we were uh, recruiting, and I had a trans person come and apply for the job, I'd be lying if I said that I would, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a consideration because of yeah. me mm. being naive and uneducated would feel com would feel mm. it would feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But because I knew, it sounds bad me saying this because I knew the, the person before and during, I know that that person's. Like and I and I want to support that person and and we have done yeah I, I but think there have been have. other conversations where I thought to myself you know what happens what happens if a couple of our customers don't feel that way and 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 they they stop working with us yeah. and I made the decision after I, I, I slept on it and I was like well if they're going to be like that I don't want their business anyway yeah. correct yeah. and that's yeah. the right decision yeah, absolutely. but absolutely. all these decisions all mm. these things play on yeah. your mind. You have to consider we, all of that. You do yeah. have to consider all of that, and we'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't. If we didn't, mm. and, and part of this, yeah. part of it's our biases. The fact that you knew the individual, mm. you know, mitigated your bias. Yeah, but you I know. felt bad because if you'd asked me that question eighteen months yeah. ago, I would have, I would have given I, you a different I thank answer. You for I being, I thank you for being honest. And we need to, and this, but these are the conversations that we need to be having in the mm. workplace. And the fact is, the individual concerned. You know, the best thing you can do to support that individual is just ask them, mm. how can we make your life better yeah. at work? Just simple, not, and, and again, we should be asking every single individual in this organization the same question. Do you know what's a real takeaway for me for you saying that, and it came into my brain a moment ago, that we have, as 40-year-old men, mental health is something that we have always spoken about. We have mm -hmm. championed it, and we uh, I like to think we're, there for each other we ask twice um, sometimes we ask three times and get the wrong answer back from it because I told you twice before but a takeaway from me from this is businesses need to treat inclusivity diversity and inclusion the same as they treat mental health mm. because yeah. 
you were scared about it. You weren't allowed to talk about it. I, mm-hmm. it. Everyone has had their challenges. I've had my challenges. He's had his challenges. But then that's all we think about. Mm-hmm. We forget about everything else. I think yeah. there's some good... Um, I can almost... You know, like, um, when you go to a... I haven't been to one for years, but like a speed... I thought you were going to say gym. Speed Mate, dating? You, you want to go there after <laughs> the last episode. Do you know what? He's not running the half marathon that he promised him. <gasps> when he, met oh, he was going to... Yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll talk to you about that after, won't we, Fraser? Yeah, we will. Um... <laughs> You lost your point now. Something you've not been to for a while. Um, it's a speed networking event. Yeah. yeah. We could almost do that, but with a team here, right? And you could just do it on a Friday morning, get some bacon sandwiches in or whatever, and just have like a bit of a format, but people that wouldn't necessarily sit next to people and just do that mm. for three or four times. Yeah. Do you know what we do? And and again, it's, I mean, there's there's a number of quick takeaways. Things like when you're, you know, when you're not quite sure what to say to somebody, my key Every single time is with the individual. I just say, you know, I've sat next to you for years, but I don't know that much about mm. you. Tell me about mm. yourself. And tell me about yourself is the simplest, easiest question to ask an individual. And what tends to happen, and I guess we, we run training programs on this, what tends to happen is they will still tell you as much as they think you want to know. Yeah. You know the next thing to do is say, now tell me a bit more. What you're doing is you're creating that trust. Mm. You're saying to them, you really want to know more about them. And, you know, and it is, and we should be, we should be sharing, but we need to be appreciative of the fact that some people may not be ready to share. Yeah, and that's fine as well. That's right. absolutely yeah. fine as yeah. well. We've just done a, a, a we've just initiated a, a thing about just, this isn't about diversity, it's about getting to know people in your team. So we've initiated a time for tea. So we randomly pair people up who aren't necessarily in the same team and they go off for half an hour and go to a coffee shop somewhere and just talk about general life, you know, and share as much as they want to about their life and as little as they want. So, and then you rotate it every, so they they meet twice and then you rotate it again. It's a bit of a process to it, but it's also quite a relaxed way of doing it as well. So I think that's really important just from a perspective of getting to know each other, whether you do it from a diversity perspective or not, you're going to, Find out things. About so you're going to generate yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that conversation. Yeah, it and creates more connection with your colleagues. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah. And There's everything is about, and, and this is the thing that I think businesses haven't quite got yet. Everything that they do that involves people is about diversity and inclusion. It's about how we treat people, how we treat everybody the way they want to be treated, not make assumptions or we need to be more cognizant. And again, it's about our own education. It's about, and cognizance is one, recognizing that we've got biases, two, recognizing we've got blind spots and three, recognizing we just don't know what we don't know. But that's not a bad thing as long as we ask people how we can support them because it's how we can support them that will increase our knowledge. And I promise you, if you went round and spent 10 minutes with every member of staff, you would learn so much more about them than you've ever done. I have two concerns slash things that I need to educate myself from, from today. So the first one is, you've used the term people quite a lot, both of you. People, people, people. And... But we break people down into categories. You go out for people that you work with, have a a cup of coffee, get to know that person. Mm -hmm. And for me, I get so frustrated that can't we just see everybody as people? Mm. Now, I know everybody has their challenges or their... um, I don't even know what the capture phrase is, but their personality or... Their identities. Their identity, there you go, thank you. Their identities. But once you get to know that person... That person, when they feel comfortable with you, will then explain that more to you. And I don't know, a takeaway from me, I'd like people to see people mm. and then get to know that person. But the other side, on the educational side, I've spent a lot of time in schools and, and, and on um, uh, recruitment things of how they can engage and learn more. The youth of today do not know how to communicate. The, the strength of holding a conversation with you it worries me that well, the world in fifteen years. The yeah. world has turned very quickly mm-hmm. in the last five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward ten to fifteen years. What does what does that look like? We will, to be honest with you, 
haven't got a clue. The thing is, so many things <laughs> are... Does so it many, scare, does it scare you, though, No, it doesn't, because we need to, you know, us, I say parents, yep. teachers, yeah. adults, again, as Randy said, we need to role model the behaviours. The more we're... And we're not at the moment. We're, we have that fear. And, and we're, we have that fear for our kids. But in 50, you know, at the moment, we're talking about gender identity and kids wanting to be identified Sadly, as cats, and I say sadly, I shouldn't say that because you know oh, that's no. down to the kid. Oh, I know, yeah. but no, I have yeah, let's not. Well, <laughs> we have a know, scenario on that. Yeah. We spoke well, about it before. But, know, yeah, kids that it. want to be identified differently as or not wanting to be identified as male or female. Yeah, you know, Just, we don't. We don't I, have I've a got choice to pull you back on that. <laughs> yeah, <I've got>, like, <laughs> you ain't gonna. Please, but but Ben, who are we to tell kids? You're not not. I don't mean that. It's not who are we to tell kids. It's any, any, there is so much. Going it doesn't matter on if they're the a, if they're a kid or an yeah. adult. You can't. You're you're a human being. You cannot say please. And there's, we've got a, we've we've got a live example of this of, a, of an insurance call center in London, mm -hmm. and it's an adult who wants to be identified as a cat. Yeah, that that you. I'm mm -hmm. sorry that. And I'd, I'd, there's there's more underlying issues there. I'd, 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 I, I think to have... summarise what Ben's about to say, or uh, uh, before yeah. he says anything else, yeah. <laughs> where where does no. the? But we, but we can't. The thing is, where does we can't make light of it? I'm not okay. Yeah. I, I, all right. I, I'm, I did. I, okay. I don't. I don't want to cause offence to any furries. Cats, that, yeah, yeah, people that are listening. But I do have an issue. If you if you're an adult and you want to identify as anything else, okay, I, I can I get and I can handle um, the sexual orientation. Yeah, I can handle. That's fine. I I get that and I'm fine with that. But if you want to be identified as a, as, as an animal or or as a tree, I have an issue with that. Yeah, okay. And but, from a HR perspective, but, that must be a nightmare. Then mm -hmm. that is your perspective. And the thing is, that's absolutely fine. Being What's your, your perspective? Take on it? My. Yeah. Well, both my, my what I was going to say to your yeah. first point was yeah. um, the way I sort of see people, um, I see human beings first. Yeah. yeah That's that. what I see. I don't see everything else comes after that. You know, whether you're, whether you're a male, you're a female, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to do. For me, for me to do what I do, especially with the MK Think Business stuff, is I see humans. I want humans to be in a room talking to each other, connecting with each other, yeah. making the world better. Yeah. And that's the way I see things. Totally agree. Um, and then everything else comes after that and we create judgments, all that sort of stuff based on, you know, oh, your, you know, whatever diverse things you want to call yeah. it. But for my, I, I'm, I'm a simple person. Yeah. I like to see people as human yeah. beings. Yeah. And that's well, it. let me yeah. share something with you. I mean, I run training programs for CEOs and sort of, you know, all different levels of organizations. When I'm doing webinars, I get criticised, you know, quite a lot. I get criticised by women, particularly when I'm literally stating you know, the status quo, well, how things are, the law and everything else. And I'll still get criticised. I'm not giving them my opinion, but I'll get criticised for so many things. And I actually got criticised in one of my training sessions for, and I turned my face up when somebody said that, you know, they talked about identifying as a cat. And, and that's what I did, partially because it may not be what what I think is right, but also it's not my place to judge anybody. And, and you know, when it comes to kids and when it comes to your kids, that's your responsibility, how you uh, want well, to... Well, that's an know, interesting one there, because yeah. I, I... See, I, I think if, you, if you're a... I think if you're a child and you, you want to identify as, as, as a cat, the, the, it's, I think it's down to the parents to guide them through that absolutely time in their yeah. life if you're an adult i think there has to be a question there around the mental health and well-being of the individual and if you uh, are either a friend a colleague a loved one of that individual i'd, I'd i think questions would have to I'd, you'd have to ask around their mental stability yeah. But that would be a friend. It wouldn't be somebody that doesn't know them or somebody that's... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or, or a colleague in yeah. the workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but on that as well, the, not where does it stop in the workplace because it can't. What I've learned today, we need to continue to, to evolve. Absolutely. But that line in the sand of the inclusion of... And I, I suppose the... the, 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 the yeah, well, everything really is... 
Where does it where does it stop? What is deemed as not deemed as acceptable, okay. but when it starts to impact the business, yeah, and maybe possibly other people, where, how, well, how do we, mani- you how mean do we by, manage that? You know, where does it stop? What is it? Are we talking about creating that culture of inclusion? Are we talking about? I'm going to um, pull the cat back into the conversation. Well, if you turn up as a cat yeah, Monday morning, but, you're out. Okay, <laughs> but can I just say, the the cat. You know, identifying as a cat is one tiny element of this. And yes, it's it's important. Absolutely, it's important. But leadership behavior is ultimately the thing. It's about, again, it's about people. You know, I hate actually having to categorize people into the different strands. I hate that, but we have to do it because, you know, you will have staff, you'll have staff in this organization who are cloaking for some reason. And, and the thing is, when you're talking about a larger organization, yeah. you know, hundreds of people, where there might be... You 10%. Know, oh, absolutely, yeah, minimum. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you you can't... If you don't identify those categories, you're not able to deal with the issues. I've got a good... I went through an event a few years ago with, with Kelly Smith, and it was at the Gherkin, and I can't remember mm. the legal firm, but... Um, but it was the first legal firm in London to have an LGBTQ plus policy. Was okay. it Clifford Chance? Oh, do you know what? Like it that? might have been actually. And it was a partner who, um, um, I think they they were gay, but it weren't openly gay. Yeah. Eventually, told their partners, as in work partners, the yeah. board, and like I was like clearly really nervous. They were like, "No, that's fine." I think that a couple of them might have known anyway weight lifted off of her shoulder shoulder sorry and then it was a case of look actually if you're feeling like this how many others are because they were employed they're like five six hundred people and they sort of it was really it's actually very clever uh, that they sort of not spun it but they made they took that situation and made a real positive spin on it Mm -hmm. and it ended up being a wonderful recruitment tool for them Mm -hmm. because then you go and think of all the other um lgbtq plus p lawyers Mm -hmm. in london well, I'm going to go and work for them because yeah. it's, it's we're they're open and and that's and, the business case. Yeah, for actually, and this is about visibility and, it, and talking about and it. Pro- the productivity element as well. Yeah, they can be who they want to be in the office, yeah. opposed to, uh, I, you know, I need to not be myself and wear this or my behaviour is a little bit. I mean, not not professionally, but it's that productivity element. It's full circle of the story that you've just told comes full circle back to what we all need to learn and take away, that it's leadership. It starts with somebody saying, that's okay. well, somebody showing a vulnerability, somebody saying, this is okay, we can make this work. Seeing everybody as people and then changing that culture yeah. that what you said, work is a safe space, we might just have solved it. But <laughs> it starts with leadership. It starts with the people. Yeah. It creates that culture and it's a safe place to come. Yeah. And it's how much as business owners would that decision could have gone 50-50 either way, right? Yeah. And they've accelerated as a company. The, cu- the culture bit is, is, for me is really important. And don't forget, nowadays, you probably have got four generations working in the same place. You have. Correct. Yeah. So your culture has to fit. And you need your leaders engaging with the you know, the, the very young generation and throughout as well. So you learn from each other as well. So that will then create kind of, um, you know, kind of not the prejudices, but some of the things that we don't know about, we'll learn about them. From young people, young people learn from it's a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yes. But this is about safe space as well. Mm. You know, they we have to create that safe space mm. for those youngsters to feel comfortable mm. and confident mm. to actually not necessarily challenge leaders, but to help leaders understand how they best work. Mm. And and we make assumptions. And the challenge that we have within the workplace is particularly at manager level. You know, most managers are are promoted because they're really, really good at their job. You know, they've done brilliantly at that that job, then they've got promoted, and then they've got to manage people. The challenge is that because they've been promoted based on their brilliance, there's this assumption that that's the way to do things, Mm. and that prevents creativity, innovation, and thinking. 
not all good footballers are good football managers. Absolutely. We and we've up. seen that so Correct. many times. Look at Jurgen Klopp. Look at Gerard. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I was, I was hoping somebody was going to bring that in just, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, just I'm, so I could. You're a red as well, yeah? Yeah, but it is. It, it, it's true that that changes. And, and one thing that I love, what you're just saying about the culture, is they're a client of ours in Northamptonshire refurbed their office. Mm-hmm. The, the partners and the directors don't have individual offices. They hot desk. Yeah. They go in and they go and sit next to somebody that just qualified, mm-hmm. just have started. Yeah. You cast your mind back to when Ten you years. started yeah. and the director sat next to you. Fourth yeah. floor, fifth yeah. floor. Yeah. That yeah. hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. That The culture, I go back to, I, uh, I spent years in a state agency of somebody turning up, screaming, shouting, smashing cups, mm. effing, blinding across the office. Mm. That was the culture that we knew. Yeah. You yeah. did that today. My God. Oh, it, it would be yeah, harassment. Yeah. You throw the cup at me, Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we, I can't let you go without asking you both one last very good question. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you. I've, I've definitely learned a lot today and I've got some takeaways for us oh, as a business. Honest, honestly, my, my the, brain the is fizzing. T for two, really is, is. we're going to implement that. We're going to speak to the team. We're going to implement that immediately because mm. I think that's great. Fantastic. Um, so thank you. All right, yeah, and really, we'll really. have to get the details of your open programs. Yeah, I'm guessing they're like a one a one day, is it? A one uh, day? Maybe we'll half the, days. Half days. We'll get a, the details on that, and and I think we need to we need to push yeah, that out I, as well. I've really enjoyed this. It's one that I've wanted to do, and I, and I've wanted to do it to make that clear. When we choose to do things, is because we're invested in it and we want to do it. We don't do things because we have to do it. This for us is as Ben said at the beginning. If he's thinking it majority of the people out there are and there's some great things that we've taken great. away and it, and, and it comes across very genuine because you can always work out like i said the intention behind what someone wants to do and if it's genuine you can't bullshit you know, a bullshit oh. yeah yeah do you know how yeah how many times i've had to close my lips so that i could let ranjit speak uh, you've done very well <laughs> right on very that note well. then ranjit <laughs> you've got a dinner for four tomorrow night you've got three guests with you who are they past or present who's paying uh, well, you, Ben. That's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great question. Who are they? Uh, Who no are no they? one's Gosh. ever asked these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Being intrigued by your guests now. Pass will be quite personal with my dad. He's no longer with us. Um, and he was a great leader. He was uh, the first generation immigrant into the into the UK in the 60s. Um, and I'm where I am today because of him and his leadership. And he was a strong community leader. And he believed in the the human being aspect I talked about uh, and he really taught me a lot about leadership um, I'd want to sit who else would I want to sit with goodness me um, I don't want to say someone typical um, because that, people always go for your Nelson Mandela and people like that who, of course were very inspirational people go to Camille then I'll come, come back to me you can't Richie. steal his answers no go on Camille <laughs> well you've talked about your dad yeah I'd want I'd Love to have my mom spend another mm. even an hour with mm. me, and my mom taught me kindness. Mm. My mom, my mom was Glaswegian, really? uh, or half Glaswegian. Her dad came from Hyderabad in India in 1900, and her mom was born in Glasgow. Oh, to wow. you know, her mom was half Irish, half Scottish, and my mom taught me how to make tea at the age of six. Oh, strong tea drinker and smoker. Um, how to decorate, how to use a hammer and nails. She taught me everything that my dad you know, should have taught me, but she was brilliant. She set me up for life. I even sew my own stuff. Really? Yeah, seriously. My mum just taught me everything. But there are so many questions that I've still got from my mum yeah. that are unanswered. So my mum would be the most important. The second one would be Klopp. Would be Jürgen. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, gosh, just to sit. And, you know, he is such such an inspirational leader. I've watched him since the start. You can tell that, one, every single player loves him. They will do whatever. Do you know what? Yeah. And lots of people, as soon as he announced his retirement, so many people said, that's the end of, you know, Liverpool are just going to collapse. I went, absolutely not. Everybody is going to work their socks off. We've scored nine goals in the last two games since he announced it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a so, legacy. Yeah, and it is a legacy. The final guest with Jürgen and you and your mum? I know. Elvis Presley. Ah. <laughs> Bit of entertainment. Yeah. That's a yeah, great table. That is, yeah. that is a good yeah. table. Yeah. And my mum would love that as well. That would be for, for me and my mum. I, I, might, I might come to that. You're that, welcome. That, that, that <laughs> do, do, do you know what? We, we've asked this question for years, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. And it's there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> But it really, it sort of, it gives an insight into the person. And um, obviously your mum saying thank you for the, the journey that you've gone on. Um, Jürgen Klopp as a, as a, as a, as a leader. Uh, and then, well, obviously Elvis sort of almost paved the way for music, didn't he? So, yeah. go on around you, no pressure, mate. So Steve Jobs would be one, yep. another person I'd want to, because uh, I think he had a, he, he went through quite an interesting transition in terms of his mindset from being quite a ruthless business yeah, person yeah. to towards the end of his life mm. yeah philanthropy side of things and also his kind of view of of world and life towards the end of his life have you watched blackberry no the film worth it it's good watch. Right. I'll have a watch it's good that. watch it's like yeah. based on you know yeah. the, the true, yeah, true yeah, story yeah, yeah. yeah sorry um and then there's um a music producer that i really like and he's still around it's called ltj bookham and he does um, kind of drum and bass music. Yeah, I want to sit down with him and chill. And listen to some. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's, not that. it's quite chill, actually. It's quite. I'd call it chill and bass, actually. Chill and bass. But uh, but yeah. I'd you know I'd like him to to do the music set for the dinner. Oh, oh nice. I was going I like there that. with that. I'm, mm. I'm thinking. I know that name from LTJ somewhere. Yeah. Was he local guy? No, I think he's London based. See, yeah. I made an what assumption. Yeah. Oh, I was I was not going when you said music, I was not going with drum and bass frontier. I really I really oh. I really wasn't. <laughs> what were you, go on, what were you I, I don't say? know where I was going. I was thinking yeah. I was, is he gonna go with jazz? Is he gonna go with something along that way? And then it was I'm drum not that and bass. I, I've I, seen I've seen Randy dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah. uh, well look, gents, once again, thank you. Um, yeah, really oh. good. I I enjoy being around you guys. I've I've learned a lot before just speaking today, and um, there's a lot of work to be done. But thanks for joining us. and no, I wish no, you nothing. Thank good. you for for inviting us. Genuinely, you know, we can feel, and and I can definitely feel the need to to learn and mm. to want to be educated. But most of your education will come from people in this office. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Uh, but you know, also recognise that there's lots more that you can do as well as asking your I, people. I think, I think there's opportunities to learn from each other. Absolutely. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Knowledge share. There. You said expert, thank you, but I'm not an yeah. expert. But you know, I'm just not having these expert. conversations, you do learn, and we all learn from each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really important to keep the conversations so, going. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah, but thank again, you. if there's anything we can, and we're not talking about consultancy, you know, conversations. If yeah, you yeah. Just yeah. have a conversation about mm. anything to do with diversity and inclusion. More than happy to... But again, I'm no expert. There are you no are experts. in our eyes. You, yeah, yeah, well, you are in our eyes. But there's, there's, there's one thing that I, I, I've said this since the pandemic, that relationships crumbled during the pandemic. New relationships were formed. Mm. But a lot of people now prefer themselves to surround them with people that are leaders, inspirational, and who, and who they're going to learn from. And that's who I want to hang around with. Radiators, not sponges. Thank you. I know they were busy, so we invited you to drains. Radiators, not drains. Radiators, sponges. Not drains. Oh. Well done, Fraser. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.